0: Here we go. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen. Do it. straight from the got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero needs the same music. Who the fuck is that guy? No one man. Kicking, I
1: just count the hours Stop shippin',
2: I'm shippin' off the power 20% G's, it's not This is the broken Hey Hello
1: Yo, ho, ho How's it going?
2: Well, I've got me a bottle of rum So, and I, no, I don't I could have my a bottle of uh, Proper 12,
1: though I, I should have mine by Saturday. I know it's hard to come by. It's sold out in
2: uh, Ireland, I hear. I mean, I, I can't imagine why they would buy a lot of whiskey there. Hello? Do you hear I me? I can't hear you. I can hear you. Can you hear Here me? You now? Yes, okay. sir. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking my phone. Fo- I'm going to blame the the Jews. Ooh, we're not even 45 seconds into this thing already.
1: Yeah, that's kind of your go-to move. Yeah, I know. It's a little hack. Well, we can always edit out the first minute and No, I'm not going to do
2: that. I'm not going to do that.
1: Right now. Welcome to MMA and stuff on HalfGuarded.com. My name is Matt. That um, bigot is Michael Coughlin.
2: I'm totally uh, going to edit it out now. <laughs>
1: We're going to talk all the news and MMA and maybe get to some stuff. It is looking like a, a busy show here. I've got a lot crammed in for us.
0: That's Mike. what
1: she said. So uh, let's obviously, the big show is this weekend Conor McGregor and Khabib. But maybe we'll, we'll save that for the end, like we typically do, and get through some news stuff now and make people just anticipate. Our predictions and review and preview of uh, UFC 229.
2: And look, if people are all tuning in to hear something specifically, the best thing to do is to not give it to them. I've watched pro wrestling before; I know how this works.
1: <laughs> right. So let's um talk about Bellator 206 then. Okay, that was on September 29th at the SAP Center in San Jose, California. Uh, It aired exclusively on the Zone in the United States. Uh, I'm not sure what else happens. I actually know, like, in Great Britain, it aired on, like, free TV. And apparently it cut out before the main event because they didn't request enough time from whatever Channel 5. (coughs) And right when the main event started, a cartoon came on called Peppa the Pig. So everyone in Great Britain missed the the main event.
2: Do you know what Peppa the Pig is? Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't. But I okay. I should put it this way. I know that I don't know because like I've heard somebody talk about Peppa the Pig, and it was in those kind of terms are reserved for crap parents have to watch. So I'm not really sure what it is.
1: It's a it's a show with a family of like pigs, and they have like a British accent. It's not that good. My Cooper's like always just been into like video games and trucks and stuff. He never really got into a lot of TV shows, and Emma was never into it. But I am aware it's a, a kids show.
2: I mean, even if they do cut off the the main event for something else which happens i understand yes. what kind of lead-in programming is that for peppa the pig well i think that it was like switching over to like
1: 6 a.m over there oh or that's whatever. right they're in the wrong so part of it was the like kids kids shows like sunday morning or something i don't know uh anyways um what they what they missed in i still feel is... like there
2: should be a buffer between cage fighting and peppa the pig like maybe a little news or something some well weather. i think it was
1: it was a kind of a big story over there because they don't normally get Bellator live or something so like they made some last minute agreement and got it on this channel 5 and then it ended up being a disaster uh go figure i
2: hope they've learned a lesson don't run <laughs> any more shows
1: <laughs> or don't look forward to bellator uh in the main event we had Gegard Mousasi defeating Rory McDonald by TKO at 3:23 of the second round to defend his middleweight title um Musasi was the bigger fighter. Uh, yeah, like he was a jab, a jab pretty easily. I mean Musasi usually used to, used to fight at 205 and be a decent light heavyweight, like back in Strike Force days, but um or was it Elite XC? I don't even remember. But um way back when he was a light heavyweight and McDonald's coming up from 170, and um he, he didn't seem that into the fight, and Musasi I think like McDonald went for some sort of roll in the second round. He went for like lit the, up in the first. For a variation
2: of essentially was called the Imanari roll, which is right. where you roll and you kind of like turn upside down as you roll for leg locks. And uh, then it didn't work. And you saw what happened if it doesn't work.
1: Yeah. He just got pummeled on, got mounted, um, had no answer for Musasi. And Musasi just beat the crap out of him. And now McDonald's got to fight again in a couple months in a welterweight tournament in Bellator. So good booking there. Yeah.
2: It was. Uh... First of all, this is my new favorite fight. I'm very happy. I, I think the DAZN was worth it just for this, just to see Rory McDonald get absolutely murdered. They kept talking yeah. about how, like, you know, Roy's going to want to get him down. Roussas, he's improved on the ground, but that's Roy's game and blah, blah, blah. And then, oh, boy, that size difference. Like, I there's this part of me that really looks at this and thinks, Rory got in the cage and went, oh, wait, what the fuck? This guy's way bigger than I thought he was going to be. Because this uh, is a true... I mean, We've seen people in different weight classes before, but, again, Rory's a big welterweight, and we've seen welterweights move up to 185. You know, uh, Robbie Lawler, he never looked like he was super small at, at 185 or anything like that, but old, old Rory McDonald looked like this guy to just, I don't know, like, uh, insert topical reference about steroid use. Like, it, I don't know. He just looked smaller, but it wasn't really smaller. It was an optical illusion. Therefore, he's still on the gas, allegedly. I just made well, that up, not even allegedly. <laughs>
1: I think he kind of had to keep his weight down because he's got this welterweight tournament coming up. Like, he he was saying he was weighing around 190, like, fight week. So he only had a couple pounds to cut, and that's probably what he cuts to get down to 170 anyway.
2: True. Um, It could just be that he's Canadian. It could be. Like, maybe Canadians don't, like, maybe when Canadians go up in weight and fight people from Europe, they look smaller.
1: Mm. Um. Musasi, I mean, he's on quite the tear here, um, beating up welterweights. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, like since his UFC run, he's won eight in a row: Leites, Tiago Santos, Belfort, Uriah Hall, Chris Weidman, Schlemenko, Rafael Carvalho, and now Roy McDonald. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a good run. He's 45-6-2 overall, and he's one of those guys you don't really think of as a top elite fighter because uh, a lot of times he lost when it really counted, but
2: he's pretty fucking good. It is weird how sometimes losing makes people think you're not that good at fighting.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. there's not a lot of guys that are forty five, six, and two who have fought the guys he's fought. I guess is what I'm trying to say.
2: Counterpoint: He's Armenian. Okay, that's that's all I got. Do you know one of
1: his nicknames is the Armenian Assassin? Does that mean he kills Armenians? Or he's an Ar- Armenian that assassinates other nationalities?
2: I don't know. Like I've heard like of like the young assassins. Isn't that a thing? The young uh, assassin they, or
1: something like that? Babyface assassin is yeah, Melvin Gillard.
2: Yeah, that's, that's, actually, that was the first thing I was thinking. I couldn't think of Gillard's other, the other attitude there. So I guess maybe he only killed people with baby faces?
1: <laughs> maybe. He never kills oh,
2: Who looked at Melvin Gallard and thought he was a baby face? That can't be right. Melvin I, Gallard looks like he's like, I don't I'm know, confident. A, 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 a criminal.
1: Well, he is in jail right now. Uh, in the co-main event, Quentin Rampage Jackson defeated Von a Deleuze true Silva co-main event at four thirty-two of the second round by TKO. Uh, this was what uh, good old JR would call a slobberdocker. Uh, second round was pretty crazy. They were just throwing um wild Vanderlei Pride, you know, two thousand three, two thousand four style here. This was this was definitely a brawl. And Rampage just hit harder and was more accurate and landed more times than Vendorle. Lost for the second time to Rampage now. So now they're tied up two and two, <laughs> and I'm looking forward to the rubber match.
2: Okay, I got a lot on this one. One, I totally called this one. I was dead right about it. They're both shot. Just finally, he's got neurological problems that make him get knocked out real easy. Um, this was really – I, when I was watching this at a certain point, when they were just kind of standing there, clearly trying to just breathe, We'll probably get to a little bit of a guy staying there trying to breathe in a bit, little bit. Foreshadowing, bobstamp. But <laughs> just in case you didn't know what I was talking about, which it wasn't all that specific. There's a lot of guys that huff and puff and try to blow houses down. Anyways, they're just big and fat. And I thought, how is this legal? Like, why were they allowed to like <laughs> fight? Like, what, what is the point of an athletic – I mean, I'm, look, I'm on a kick right now. I hate California athletic commission anyways. But what's the point of the athletic commission if they're going to let these guys fight? But then I'm like, well, you know what? They are in a cage fight, and they're they're working hard, and they're not like, you know, they haven't like fallen over. Like they, they are still maintaining some level of physicality there. Like you know, they, they're they're shot, but a shot fighter is still a better athlete than me, maybe. But um, then at the end, I, all I could think of is I really, really want a fifth fight, just because I I don't I don't know if any I don't think if we've ever had this in MMA where you've actually had a two and two going into a fifth fight. Like I don't. I'm sure there's there's guys who have fought five. This is re- really uh, be the most high profile best of five fighting series, maybe of all time. So that well, since like old school bullshit boxing.
1: Yeah, where did Josh Thompson and Gilbert Melendez end up? Three. They only fought three, I thought they fought four.
2: no, I think oh, it's the greatest trilogy ever, but okay. they only fought three times unfortunately. I could watch them fight all day actually that's not true. I don't want to see them fight anymore. That would be sad and uh unlike these two, which for all I can say about it, the fight was tremendously entertaining if Absolutely. you if, if you set aside the part where you're like this is kind of uncomfortable to watch, it was a cool knockout and rampage and i mean <laughs> They were both out there going, "Look, we got nothing but the ability just to throw. Let's play chicken."
1: Rampage wants to get back into the heavyweight tournament, or fight Why not? the winner of it. Sure. Well, as long as the winner's not Ryan Bader, I'm okay with it.
2: Um, no, it'll be uh, Leo Machida.
1: I really don't. No, it's um.
2: That's not the joke. Why? Well, the can't.
1: joke is uh, Glover Teixeira is the joke.
2: Well, Glover was the joke, but then he didn't, re- he didn't sign with Bellator. Leono did, so Leono okay. could be the, uh, the Dark Horse. It's some obscure, weird Brazilian dude, all right? That's all that really matters.
1: All I'm saying is I don't want Ryan Bader to fight Rampage Jackson again. Um, I'll take it. <laughs> You're desperate. Uh, in the That's first fight said. of the welterweight tournament, Douglas Lima defeated Andre Koreshkov by rear naked choke at 304 of the 5th. Um, not a lot going on in the first, like four rounds of this one. Lima, I, I had up on the cards. He was just more active. And then, um, I forget if he had a knockdown and then got the choke in, but kind of an impressive finish at, you know, 23 minutes into a fight to get a rear naked choke. Um, The best thing about this
2: is that I love that, that all the fights in this fucking welterweight tournament are five rounds. Because Rory's the champion So all of his f- fights are technically title fights And since it would be unfair to everyone else They all have to fight five rounds What the fuck What Man, kind of Bellator Man. And the best thing is you know Rory's gonna probably like I relinquish the title I'm injured <laughs> <laughs> Or he'll drop out of the tournament Because he got the shit beat out of him by Musasi.
1: Right I saw a thing Musasi says he can make
2: 170 Why not Go for it dude I want to see something weird happen
1: yeah. Uh, Aaron Pico defeated Leandro Higo by TKO at 319 of the first round. And um, Aaron Pico might turn out to be pretty good at fighting. What do you think?
2: Uh, look, great, impressive thing. I thought he got hit a little more than you'd like to see a guy get hit. Like, okay. like Higo got in enough punches where it was like, anyway, Pico ate them, didn't seem to be affected by them at all. But still, eventually that shit catches up with you. Uh, other than that, though, I mean, Look, the kid's a super athlete, and he seems to like to fight. I like to see him. I want to see him really fight, though. Like, yeah. All all we've really seen him do is kind of just wrestle a little bit, but mostly just box. I want to see how he is on the ground. What what can he do that way? And you know, against I want to see him fight a real fighter now.
1: Yeah, I mean he goes good. I mean he he was a a championship contender. I mean granted, it's Bellator. I get it. He's not fighting top five featherweights in the in the ufc i get that but he goes no joke i mean he was 18 and four headed into that fight and had a couple wins in bellator i mean he's not he's not he's the best fighter that i mean obviously pico's fought at this point um so the question would be like where does pico go from here is he going to get a title shot next i mean um, there's the other guy there, AJ McKee, who also fights on his team and they're refusing to fight each other. McKee's also in line for a title shot in Bellator. So, um, it'll be interesting to see who they go with next for that title shot at Featherweight.
2: I got of like a think... bug bite on my foot or something. Hmm. It's probably more, it's more relevant to the world right now than, you know, one Bellator, thing I noticed too,
1: was that Pico, um. He looked big in there. He looked bigger than Higo. He looked faster. He was just better, faster, stronger. And um, he's going to be a problem for people in a couple
2: of years. He's only, what, 22? That's it. That's the other thing is like 22. He's so young. And look, anybody who's fighting at that level at that age generally will be good. You know, it's kind of like right. uh, Charles Oliveira. If, if your career is Charles Oliveira's, that's not a bad career. Yeah. You know, that's two dozen fights in the UFC. That's that is enough money to probably retire on if you do it smart. Uh,
1: I can but, see him more being like it, like a BJ Penn sort of thing. Yeah, where you know, he the, he is a prodigy. Like that, that's a good way to describe
2: him. It, he might be. Uh, okay, we'll see. Um, but I, I definitely want him to do. I want to see him fight somebody more, but he probably should be fighting guys like Higo semi regularly for right. like the next year or two. Uh, just because we've seen so many guys come and go and get beat up early, and I know that you want to strike while the irons hot, and it's really difficult to hold a guy back when he's a prospect. Because god damn, all you have to do is look at John Jones and go, okay, well, yeah, sometimes it does work out, sort of. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to see. He's too small to. Also, I want to see him finish growing before he starts doing these things.
1: Um. Trying to... This is old, what is this? Looking for Bellator Featherweights, Pitbull's the champ. There's Daniel Strauss, Pat Curran, Daniel Weishel, Manny Sanchez, um, AJ McKee, Noad Lahat.
2: The there there
1: you go, oh
2: fuck yeah,
1: then we'll see. We'll James see. Gallagher, that the Irish kid who pretends to be Conor McGregor,
2: that would be great.
1: That, that would be pretty good. I want to
2: see Noad uh, Lahat's the guy, that's who I want to see. Okay. Because if if he can beat Nohad Lahat, you'll know that it was a real victory because there's no way that the Jews will let that happen otherwise because they're behind Bellator. Um, Chinzo Machido would be good. That would be a weird fight. I like the idea that he just goes and he beats people who are kind of related or have like a similar name to more famous versions of people.
1: (laughs) It is a good gimmick. Uh, all right. Anyway, that uh, I think that's pretty much it. Kerry Melendez defeated Dakota Zimmerman, and Gaston Bolanos defeated Isidro Gutierrez to open the first ever pay per view on the Zone and the
2: last one I will ever watch. It is a shitty service. I do- what was the I, issue? I I, I downloaded the, the damn app. I had it yeah. on my on my computer and on my iPad. I I signed up for my free month. And I went to stream it, and it just wouldn't stream. It would, it would like stutter or every couple of seconds. Like buffer, yeah. Kind of buffer. Sometimes it would just freeze, and it did the same thing on the on the iPad as well. And I was just like, "This is amateur hour." I know people right. are always like, "Hey, what can you expect? You got to work the kinks out and this and that." It's like, but no, you don't. It's 2018. We know how streaming services work. When the ESPN Plus came out, like it, it's never had a single one of these problems ever. Right. Everything's worked perfect from day one. It, this is real – I don't want to say it's easy to do, but it's easy to do. It's, <laughs> really, it is. You just follow the fucking instructions. Just do it. And they, they couldn't do that, and it was so Bellator. It was perfect.
1: There's another perfect show this weekend, But when, when, I, when, when
2: I canceled it, they asked, why are you canceling? I, and I think I put like other – and it was something like, would not stream properly, buffering issues. And then at the end, I go, all this for Bellator? Are you kidding me?
1: Horizon 13 took place in Saitama, Japan on uh, Sunday. In the main event, Tenshin Nasakawa defeated Horiguchi via unanimous decision. And I think it was a kickboxing fight because I don't think Nasakawa would beat Horiguchi in an MMA fight. Uh, Other big fights on this card included Mirko Krokop defeating Roke Martinez via TKO. Ooh. He's Dr. Back. Stoppage at 458 of the first round. We also had Darren Cruikshank beating Diego Brenda with a flying knee at 518 of the first round. And then the highlight of the card, Bob Sapp, <laughs> Sapp defeated Kentaro Osunarashi by unanimous decision. This is Sapp's first win after 14 straight losses. <laughs>
2: is that dude like a uh, a sumo
1: then or something?
2: Yeah, he's okay. like a... But he's not – I'll find out. because like, I, I saw he's the Brazilian dude. or something. Okay, he looked like he was a – I thought he was Middle Eastern. He looked kind of like Iranian or whatever to me. And he just did... – it was hilarious. The dude just came out, and he knew how to beat Bob Sapp, which is to throw a lot of punches right away. Bob Sapp kept standing and didn't go down, and I really don't understand why. He's a total mystery to me. For a guy who clearly is in there for nothing but the money – he, you'd think he'd take the first chance to get out of there, but no, it's like Bob Sap decided that night, I'm going to really fight, and damn it, if he didn't fight. And he, he, he used uses Bob Sapp won this fight due to experience and a cardio edge, and I never thought I was <laughs> – <laughs> Yeah, the end of it was hilarious. The, the sumo guy well, – uh... Okay, wait. The first round, they just kind of threw a lot of punches. Then as, as the round ended, Bob Sapp threw a couple of shots to the body that looked like they should be considered illegal. They were so awful and painful looking. Then in the second round, uh, Kentaro Oko or whatever, looked like he tried for some sort of tr- throw. It's possible that he just slipped and tried to land on top of Bob. And Bob looked like he did a sweep slash, may have just had momentum going because that's how you know physics works. Then he got on top, got the mount, did not move at all. Bob Sapp just would barely punch, couldn't do anything. And then in the third round, there was points where I think for like a good 15 to 30 seconds, they just stood there looking at each other, dying. They could <laughs> not breathe. They both had their hands down. And they were like, the referee gave them a, each a yellow card. But honestly, they, they really were looking at each other. It look like, I know we have to do this. But it was a moment where you realize that these two men bonded because they had something in common. They shared an experience that nobody else will ever have. And in that moment, it was them against the crowd, except for they knew – fuck, we've got to do this. It was something right out of Gladiator. It's funny, the crowd didn't even seem to mind. No, they were entertained. They were cheering. I, think, I think it made it more dramatic. They are like, fuck, like, say what you will, you knew that these guys gave it all, everything they had and they didn't have to. And I think the crowd responded to that. It was like, wow, mm. these big boys really, they're trying, man, just for these five minutes, they're going to say, let's do it. And then they, uh, and like when it was over, they both kind of like, hugged and looked at each other like, yeah, man, we were just through like, this giant war. I'm like, you guys just fought for about like four minutes total and then stood there for a while.
1: <laughs> uh, a little background on Asuna Rashi Kintaro here. He is a retired sumo wrestler from Egypt. Oh,
2: First was... of all, how good was I for saying Iranian? That's pretty damn good.
1: Pretty close. It says he was the first pro sumo wrestler from the African continent. How is that even possible? There's never a sumo from anywhere in Africa. That
2: seems Uh, crazy. My guess is that the term "pro sumo" has a very specific meaning. Like, I think in Japan, like sumo is one of those things where you earn your way like into the pro circuit type of deal. So, I'm thinking "pro" like as a sumo might mean something specific in the very underappreciated and underreported but incredibly racist Japanese culture.
1: Do you have a guess what Osunarashi translates to in English?
2: Oh boy, um, let's see. He's Egyptian. It's Japan. Uh, like, is it like the the deceitful Muslim or something?
1: The great sandstorm. Oh,
2: okay. Well. All right. Well, that's not that bad. bad. It could have been a lot worse.
1: Um, if you had to guess how old that guy is, what would your guess be?
2: Uh, I almost just said 39, but now I want to say 49. So I'm going to say 49.
1: 26.
2: Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, boy. He's got, he's going to have a rough couple of years coming up there. Holy shit. Uh, I would not want to be the 26 year old fat Egyptian retired sumo right now. This is...
1: I should have researched this more beforehand. This guy seems pretty uh good. He withdrew from the january twenty eighteen sumo tournament after he was suspected of causing an accident in Yamauchi Nagano on January third while driving without a license defying the Japan sumo association's ban on wrestlers driving
2: <laughs> i love I love that there's all these weird like I think if one day if nobody's ever done a podcast on like the history of sumo and what goes on with sumo culture, man, but that's some weird shit there. I think there's a lot of like pedophilia and rape going on in the sumo <laughs> things too. it hard
1: to stop them. They're, they're large men.
2: Then the one thing they're really good at is pushing forward
1: and smothering. <laughs> um, Although Osunarashi said he had an international driving license, it had apparently expired. His lawyer initially claimed it was Osunarashi's pregnant wife who was driving. It might be <laughs> hard to tell them apart, but police established that it was Osunarashi after studying surveillance camera footage. Osunarashi was placed under house arrest by the Sumo Association on February
2: 1st. Imagine the, imagine the reaction when he came home. He's like, all right, honey, I gotta, we got to talk about this arrest of mine. My lawyer's got this idea for a theory. We're going to tell everybody that it was you. And because you're so fat and pregnant, they'll think you're a sumo. But you're beautiful. You're glowing. You're glowing. Otherwise.
1: The Sumo Association formally requested his retirement. The harshest punishment short of outright dismissal. And Asunarashi indicated that he would comply. He had to retire from a sport that he was like pretty successful in and kind of a star because he drove drove a car.
2: (laughs) I mean, Japan is so, and he's gonna do it. I don't know why. If I was him, I'd be like, fuck you, kick me out. Let's go. Uh
1: uh, Sunarashi was told he would not be getting a Dampatsu Shiki oh, or a no. haircutting ceremony. And he appeared on Japanese television on March 31st with his head shaved, taking part in sumo matches with Bobby Oligan and Josh Barnett. He made his MMA debut on September 30th at Ryzen 13, where he lost to
2: Bob Sapp. <laughs> okay. I like that in <laughs> Japan, this is how it goes. If you drive a car, you've disgraced yourself. And must quit your job. And shave your head. And shave your head. Because shaving your head would be a sign of great shame. However, you are allowed to then immediately sumo wrestle Bobby Olegan and they're totally okay with it. They're all gonna be like, no, 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 that's there's nothing disrespectful about that. He's he's clearly honored his obligations. He did he cut off the hair? Then wrestle away. What a weird, weird country. We really did a number on them, didn't we? I mean, whoa. Atomic bombs change a people.
1: I think they were a little rough around the edges before the bomb was dropped, also.
2: They're kind of like a bunch of inbreds, aren't they?
1: I don't know if it's that, but it's interesting because obviously it's an island country, so they're insulated from most of the world. So, And they weren't. It they, is weird. And, and they were like super
2: that. isolated like, as a matter of national policy until like, the 1800s. Right. Like, so like they've really been isolated and I'm going to go with inbred like a very low level of inbreeding, but that's only a couple million people that were fucking that's going to get some wires crossed.
1: In other fight news from this past weekend, uh, one of my favorite other fighters, Greg Hardy got another win. He has improved to three and zero as a pro. He defeated Rasheem Jones at uh, 53 seconds of the first. Dana White commented on Hardy's win. White told the UFC Unfiltered podcast, that was an impressive win. The other wins he's had, he's been in there with guys standing and trading, and he ended up catching them and knocking them out. This one, he actually gets his back, controls the arm, and starts hammer fisting him. Very impressive. He's the guy that will continue to bring up, continue to get in fights, and will make the decision when he's finally ready to come to the UFC.
2: He's the UFC's version of Aaron Pico.
1: Similar backgrounds for sure. I mean, I, I,
2: and I know I, I texted it to you or whatever when you like sent me this, but the clip. But every time I see him hit, all I think is he did this to a woman. Right. I mean, I, I know that a lot of fighters have abused women and athletes have, and they should. But there's something about him that I'm just like, I don't know. It really strikes a chord with me. I get, maybe it's because uh, Ray Rice hasn't done MMA yet. Yeah,
1: he's got a crazy look in his eyes, I feel like. I, f- I feel like he's a crazy person.
2: And I also get the feeling that he's really good at fighting. I mean, it's like when Dana's talking there, from what I've kind of seen of him now, even like I'm kind of going, I don't know, this guy might be like kind of a natural. He's got in, – in, like, in, in a bad way, he's a natural. He's got a screw or two loose. Well,
1: he, the thing too is he if he was like a – I don't know, a, a kicker or something – and he was fighting at 155, it's so much more competitive at those levels. When you're fighting at heavyweight in the UFC against you know, 40-year-old Mark Hunt and stuff, it's like the competition's not as good, and he's a really good athlete. He was a Pro Bowl lineman. So it's like um, he's going to have some advantages right off the bat. He's 10 years younger than everybody, and he's naturally more athletic.
2: Yeah, there's no reason – that he, he basically can't be a Derrick Lewis. He's everything right. Derrick Lewis is, only bigger and way more athletic. Not as black, not as funny, far more violent, though. So. Good analysis. Uh, That's
1: what people are
2: tuning in for.
1: Absolutely. So we finally have a UFC. 230 MSG New York City main event. Um, We were anticipating possibly the creation of a 165 pound title with Nate Diaz and Dustin Poirier in the main event. But the UFC shocked everyone, pulled a rabbit out of the hat. We're getting a women's flyweight championship fight between Shevchenko and Sejara Eubanks headlining UFC 230 at Madison Square Garden
2: in November. I mean, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. Clearly, this isn't going to make it in New York. I don't know if it would make it anywhere, actually. I mean, honest to fucking goodness, if there was not a world title on the line, you could not headline uh, Sejaya Eubanks and Shevchenko? Yes. Okay, I I get my Russians mixed up. Shevchenko and Eubanks would not be good enough to headline Sioux Falls, South Dakota.
0: Let alone Madison
2: Square fucking Garden. And if I'm Nate Diaz of all the things in my life I've done, all the things I think are disrespectful, this isn't actually disrespectful. They're going to put this shit ahead of you? Fuck that. You're the last guy in MMA to beat the most popular fighter on the planet. You're going to fight underneath Soraya. I can't even say her fucking name. Soraya? Soraya? Is she American? I don't know what she is. What she is? I mean, she's a human being. Just heard. Homo sapien. Yeah. She's a she's a woman. She's got hopes and dreams. But I don't know. I think she's got to be. She's got to be an American because she's on the ultimate fight. She eh, was.
1: Yeah. She she was supposed to be fighting Nico Montano, Montano in the finals. But she couldn't make weight, had kidney failure, got pulled from the show. And um, the nerdy chick there ended up moving Roxanne into... Roxanne Matafari. Thank you. Foxy Roxy moved in and um, lost to Montano. And then Montano couldn't make weight against Shevchenko in her first title defense. So she got stripped of the title. And two months later, Shevchenko's going to fight for the title against a fighter who's three and two and missed weight for her title <laughs> shot previously.
2: Yeah. it's a, Look, if they created a 165 pound title, that would bastardize what it means to have a UFC title. They don't want to cheapen <laughs> it. So they have to go with an established world championship. And what's more established than the women's 125 pound championship. I don't know of any title that has more prestige behind it than uh, the one that is currently held by, nobody you banks what do you, you think since... 2500 people over or under 2500 people in the arena by the time this fight's over
0: <laughs> i
1: don't know well probably about the same amount of twitter followers she has
2: so about 2300 <laughs> <laughs> roughly yeah literally everybody that twitter is the only people left
1: that was my immediate reaction i'm like like i knew she she pulled out of that fight because she was supposed to get the title shot, so I knew the name, but like, so I started researching. Like, she's three and two, and she's getting a title fight. Okay, like, I wonder how many Twitter followers she has. It's like seventeen hundred, and that was a couple hours after she was announced as the main event for. NFL well, Street. she's really
2: four and zero oh in her last four, because she won three on the Ultimate Fighter, and then she just beat Lauren Murphy back in June. True. So she's, I mean, she really has won her last four fights. It's not okay. Horrible, bad but it can be for comedic effect, and that's all that really matters.
1: There, um, In case either Eubanks or Shevchenko get hurt or can't make weight, uh, Katlin Chukagian is also going to be the, the backup in case something that happens to either of these
2: top contenders. Okay. I know that name. I could not pick her out of a lineup. She's blonde, and I feel I would like have, tall. I would have gone with blonde because Caitlyn or Catlin or whatever is a blonde girl's name. Yeah, uh, and Chewkey and that's got like weird old white person on it. Oh, uh, Chewkey and Chew. It could be African. Chew, uh, Chew,
1: motherfucker.
2: <laughs> the, uh, the the other person they should uh, have is they should have her cut weight and have Duran uh, Duran to it. Well, you know who really
1: got screwed. I mean, granted, it doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Like, we're talking about a bunch of people no one's ever heard of. Like, it's kind of a waste of everyone's time. But Montano got screwed. She was trying to make weight. They told her, stop cutting weight. And they pulled her. And then, like, two months later, somebody else is fighting for the title that she won and never. Like, why not just run that fight back two months later?
2: Well, look, because she missed weight and it would be unprofessional to reward someone with a title shot if they've missed weight recently. Like, Khabib. Or, like, I don't know, Serdria. (laughs) Think about this. They have had two scheduled world title fights at 125 pounds in in this company's history, right? Or three. Two of the three have have not happened because somebody missed weight. Mm. And they're going to put one of those people back in there in a month. They're going to go three for four on this shit.
1: The title... The flyweight title has actually never been defended.
2: Yeah, there's only been one flyweight title fight.
1: <laughs> Foxy Roxy was in it. Uh, the other person who really got screwed on this deal is uh, Ioani and A couple. Who do you think ago. has the
2: better? Who do you think would be more proud of their title reign? Nico Montano or Jerrine Derondinay?
1: Let's think I would say Rondome because
2: she beat somebody better. I was going to go with Nico because. She didn't quit. She didn't or, give up her title rather than fight somebody. Although Ronda barely
1: won, and she punched home after the bell multiple times in that fight, so maybe you're right.
2: Think what is with the UFC and putting dog shit women's fights in New York City? I don't know. I keep forgetting that yeah, Brooklyn is technically New York. Yeah. Like this <laughs> place is some places Madison Square Garden.
1: I know we talked about it last week, but I gotta touch on it again. Why? now in 2018 after all these years do they feel the need that they have to have a title fight in a pay-per-view main event like they're two biggest shows ever Converse versus nate there was no title involved like I, I just don't get the logic like it just that having that title fight you're not going to do one more buy you'd be better off putting all your money behind nate diaz's return against dustin poirier than trying to half-ass promote both of them
2: yeah, I think it's um, Diaz hasn't fought in two years. I think it's a a it's a lack of confidence in in some respects in the UFC's own ability because if they were really confident in their ability to promote things, yeah, the, Nate Diaz returning to the UFC, it doesn't seem like it, like it's not a it's not a real big main event. It doesn't feel like a main event, but box like boxing matches with far less on the line. Main event shows all the time, like pay per views, like that. It with the way Nate talks in New York City, I could see that of kind of like, you know, if, if you book just that, it it gets a lot of counter regret, because that's Nate Diaz. So you get like a, a you get like a a freebie for Conor Rub. And, uh, and make it a note.
1: Just say it's a number one contender fight. Say it's a title eliminator fight. The winner gets the winner. It could be even Connor. Well, just create a fucking interim title. It could do that too. I mean, it, it's shitty for Tony Ferguson. Uh, talk about somebody else who's getting fucked. Tony Ferguson won the title, got beat Kevin Lee, gets stripped of it because he trips on a cord, and then now is like in the co main and probably isn't even the number one contender anymore because if whoever. W- you would think if Nate beats Poria, he's gonna be in line for a title shot if he wants it.
2: Well, not just said he went out there, won the title against over a former champion. Uh, right? Was it the Dos Anos fight? Did he win a title, or he was beat, it Kevin Lee?
1: He beat Kevin Lee, but then Kevin he Lee was, was supposed to. Fight. to okay. Yeah, I yep. mean, there was but a they, couple times he was supposed to fight Khabib, and that's that's through. the thing that gets
2: me. Is like he wins a title, never gives up the title, has a fight scheduled with Khabib. Khabib misses weight or fucks up. <laughs> And somehow Khabib gets a shot with Conor and not Tony. Right. Even though Tony's fighting on the same fucking night. Like, that's really – they really should have just done Tony versus Nate for the interim title. And they could have just had Tony just say, uh-uh, this is my title. I'm not giving it up. I think that's a fake belt. This is a disputed championship. I'm Shawn Michaels to so their Razor Ramon. I'm going to do this shit. <laughs> and then, honestly, if they'd done that, it would have been like the first time they would have actually had like an interim champion. You'd be like, you know what? The interim champions kind of got a point. Yeah. He has been defending his thing. Instead, he's going to fight Anthony Pettis, and uh, you know Nate's going to fucking be getting high uh, by the time uh, the the title fight goes on in MSG.
1: The other person who's getting screwed on this uh, UFC 230 deal is Ioane and J She was supposed to get the title shot against Chevchenko like the next month in December. At, I think UFC 231 in Toronto. Literally four weeks later. Uh, Dana White told ESPN about it. As we moved it sooner, Joanna wasn't ready. She wasn't ready for that fight. Listen, Eubanks, if she had made weight, she'd have been champion or at least fight for the championship. It was the fight to make so that we could pull it off so soon.
2: Yeah, that's... uh, I bet Dana said that with all the enthusiasm of someone saying, I'm going to go get a colonoscopy. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Oh, she's going to fight four weeks later. Yeah, I get it. That sucks for you. Meanwhile, Tony Ferguson is going, the fucking guys I was going to fight, they're going to fight literally next. I don't have to wait four weeks. It's literally, if I just fought 15 minutes later in the night, right. it would be me. I have to wait 15 fucking minutes. I'm willing to do it. I'll wait the 15 minutes.
1: Can the UFC, like, obviously you're not privy to all the details of UFC contracts, but if you find, signed a bout agreement and it's been announced and – it's supposed to headline this show in Toronto. Can they just cancel your fight with no notice? Like there must be some sort of clause in contracts, but I can't remember a time where there's been a main event or a title fight announced for another show where they pulled it to have a title fight earlier. And there's just, a... just yanked one of the fighters. One of the fighters got get screwed. This is like a new precedent, I think.
2: Correct. It would not really. It sounds like it is, but think mm-hmm. about this, this, all the time guys are always being told you're fighting this guy and then like a couple days later nope you're not fighting him or you're not fighting on this card it happens for undercard guys constantly right I, I guess nobody i'm gives saying a like
1: a, a title fight a top tier man
2: right uh, but again the way that ufc contracts work they're all pretty much the same you know right. at the top or the bottom so it's not really going to be any different there it, yes and if it's different it's, for, it's different for guys like connor who negotiate like realistically, every time you fight in the UFC, if you if you have enough leverage, you can negotiate a new contract. And if you don't, you can't. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like it's kind of similar to the NFL in that you have a contract, you're kind of both bound by it. But in reality, everybody knows you can also kind of get out of it and renegotiate it if you've got enough to leverage.
1: <sighs> okay. Uh, so yeah, UFC two thirty is really shaping up. Good news.
2: Yeah, that's a uh, hell of a thing there.
1: In USADA news, um,
2: you mean? Do you mean John Jones news?
1: I don't. I, but we we can touch on that too in a minute. It could be, uh, according to a report by ESPN's Brett Okamoto, UFC will no longer announce a violation before the fighter being accused has his or her case completely resolved. The change reportedly went into effect back in July. UFC's chief legal officer, Hunter Campbell, went into further detail. If an athlete has a positive drug test, we aren't putting them in a fight until their case is resolved. But what we can do is give the athlete an opportunity to adjudicate their issue without the public rushing to judgment. Announcing the test results creates this narrative around the athlete before people understand the facts.
2: Yeah, I'm completely fine with that. That's uh, that's really high. I think that's how everything in the world should be. You know, if we had any trust in like the government to not be hiding things from us, it'd be great if like all court cases could be like kept private until afterwards. But then, you know, of course, they would just keep everything hidden. But uh, no, I think this is totally great. It's going to be kind of. And also, here's the thing: these guys. Are, it's just until their appeal's done. Uh, really, can take a year and a half. Well, here's the thing: if it takes a year and a half some of people can be like, "Hey John, why do you find it? well? I'm just been bored. I don't want to do it. Uh, they just took my title away from me. Uh, I just didn't uh, I didn't want it anymore. I got tired of going through the airport." But for most guys it's going to be a couple weeks, maybe a month or two. Yeah. So and f- when you see the the number of times that they are re- reversing these things, even though it's all stupid, for sure I think it sucks, you know, if you're like a Courtney Casey type who really got fucked because of that weed shit in Texas. Right. Well, why should we ruin all Courtney's life? You know, I think we should call this Courtney's Law. <laughs> and Nate Diaz has got a law, a rule named after him, so why not Courtney Casey?
1: If you had to guess, out of sixty two adjudicated cases, how many were deemed non intentional use by Usada?
2: Um Okay, when you say deemed, are you talking irrespective of the uh, the punishment? Or are you saying the deemed non-intentional as in they didn't get punished for it? In the sense of John Jones was found to be like unintentional. He didn't do it on purpose, but they still gave him a punishment. You see what I'm saying? I do.
1: This just says non-intentional use, which I think would include ones that were punished.
2: Okay, then I will say out, out of the 60-some, I'll say 25. 21. Oh, damn, I'm smart. <laughs> uh
1: yeah so i mean we can stop the show now hopefully i i don't know i guess i guess it's better like because there is that stigma you get like all these guys are popped i i I think they're all cheating i think everybody in the ufc is cheating anyway to begin with so it doesn't really affect my opinion of fighters any but um a lot of guys will have that stigma with fans
2: but um, At the end we'll of the day, we'll it's, it it, it's kind of one of these things where I don't think it matters. I know the guys think that it matters, but I yeah. also think that like fighters vastly overestimate how many people know or give a shit about them. True. Like If you're Sean O'Malley, if you'd been suspended, realistically, we're talking 50,000 people would have given a shit, maybe. Right. So. Right.
1: Well, the only time it'd be weird, like in Sean O'Malley's case, he, he got whatever he's essentially he's claiming he knows how, like, I think it's um got in his system and just needs time to work it out. But he wasn't able to fight this weekend because the, the process, the appeal process, whatever is still going on. Right. So he can't fight, but he's already been announced for a fight. So he has to pull out. It needs to have a reason why. Because people ask them, hey, you were scheduled to fight, now you're not fighting, what's going on? So the UFC doesn't announce anything. So it's kind of on the fighter to either say what's going on or just make something up. um, If they've already been contracted for a fight that's already been announced. It's kind of a weird situation
2: still. Yeah, but again, 90% of these guys, no one's asked them. Mm -hmm. Like, Let's face it, if you're... um... I don't know. Pick a fight from the a- Aspen Lad. I think she mm-hmm. fought on the last card, or no, she's going to fight on this card. I think if Aspen Lad was pulled from the fights, I don't know if anybody would notice. It would be like yeah. one article on on, on Yahoo, and uh, I'm sure that you know one of the one of the guys who's kind of creepy and like way into women's MMA too much would be upset, but no one else would be.
1: Um, one fighter who I wasn't upset when they got suspended was uh, Fabricio Verdum, he uh, came out this week, not of the closet, but came out and gave an interview with Combate.com saying about It's uh, Combate. Uh, I took Spanish. My uh, Portuguese is Moimalo. Uh, what surprised me the most was at the end of the interview, it was something that I found absur- absurd. Verdum told Combate. They said, Verdum, here's the thing. If you tell on someone... It was what you could call (laughs) caco premiata, plea bargain. Verdum, if you tell on someone using the slang, if you're a snitch, will shorten your suspension because you're going to have to pay something. Even if we find the substance in any of the products we test, even if we find it, you'll have to pay something. For the guy to make me an offer like that to snitch on someone, that goes against my principles. I can't tell on someone, even if I knew I wouldn't do it. How am I going to snitch on someone to make it better for me to lower my suspension or whatever? So Fabricio Verdum, of all people, has high morals.
0: He's also,
2: he's also admitting that he knows people using drugs. Could have just said, I don't have anybody. To, I don't. What, what could I say? I don't know anybody. It's real easy. Instead of telling everybody I'm no snitch, you could just be like, I only train with clean fighters. You know, people like me. I have never worried, like the idea of snitching on someone, never been a problem in my life because you know why? I'm not in a gang.
1: (laughs) Verdoom said his interview with USADA was a five-hour ordeal at a hotel in Denver. He said he flew from Los Angeles and USADA representatives flew from New York. I felt like a criminal, actually, Verdoom said. I know I didn't do anything, but it felt like I was a criminal, like I was talking to the police. Two Usada guys and the By the way he knows what he knows
2: what a criminal feels like talking to the police, having been arrested for committing crimes.
1: Well, it was only assault with a boomerang. Two That's a deadly weapon in Australia. Should be anywhere, I would hope. No, that's all they have
2: down there. They don't have guns anymore.
1: Two Usada guys, a detective analyzing me all the time. Both were USADA. I felt so bad, you know? Like, I didn't do anything. Why am I doing this? And it lasted five hours. There even came a point when they were like, they're doing, let's rest a little. Do you want to rest? I said, no, I don't want to rest. I want to answer whatever you ask.
2: I have nothing to hide. That's not how rest works, pal. Just because you're tired doesn't mean you're hiding something. Does he think that if you're tired, that means you're hiding something? Like, every night his kid's got to go, Dad, I want to go to sleep. What did you do?
1: This is the guy taking money from Kateroff and working with Ollie. (laughs) Fuck. he's he's picking on tony ferguson and i I just can't stay he drives me fucking crazy because here's the thing like i have a thing with like bullies i'm like you're such a dick like you're you're, like one of the shittiest people like you think you can beat the shit out of smaller people so you're gonna bully around bully them around and push them around it's like fuck off just because you happen to be like born bigger than other people it's like you don't get that right. You just, you're just a garbage human being. Think about, and he, the fact that he's like proud that he didn't snitch on people, like that's what he's gonna hang his hat on. Like, you were fucking caught cheating, you sh- fuck.
2: Think about it. He's a drug user yes. who assaults people in public over words. Right. He uh go, frequently goes after smaller people whenever possible. Whenever possible, he seems to prefer smaller people. He has no problem using uh, um, uh, homophobic slurs, and he's friends with a genocidal maniac. But, hey, 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 hey. He's no snitch. He's
1: no snitch. Yeah. He's got a- his
2: priorities, man. He's got his code of ethics. It would be it would be immoral to snitch, man. That would be... How could you? How could he look himself in the mirror if he had snitched? The mirror paid for, you know, with the blood of dead gay Muslims or whatever they have in Chechnya or had in Chechnya or whatever country it is.
1: Leslie Smith's complaint against the UFC has been dismissed by the National Labor's, Labor Relations Board. Yeah, I think I called that one. Poor Leslie Smith said nobody ever she got beat up by cyborg she (laughs) wants to get the fighters paid more no one cares no one's helping her
2: she really is like the exact kind of person that you kind of look at you go i get where she's coming from she's got that coal miner woman thing where (laughs) you know like she does she feels like she's like a tough old broad yeah she's sitting there and she like she's like the one person who's like she was really smart, but she's from like a dirt poor coal town in West Virginia. So her brains never really got her anywhere. She had no opportunities. So she's just hanging out in cage fights and she'd look around going, you know what, I know better than this. I'm smarter than this. Except the problem is, is like it's 2018 the internet exists. So like you're not really that smart lady. Call somebody that knows what they're fucking doing and get real people to do it.
1: Well it's funny, like when we talk about like this shit happening with Tony Ferguson or Yolani and J them getting shafted and having title fights and shit change on them with basically no no power in any of these situations. The sort of thing like Leslie Smith is trying to do would alleviate some of that. If you had a union, you would be able to work this stuff out in everybody's contract and hopefully get some of that stuff ironed out and have some But right. it is ironed out. They know what the rules are. Right, that the UFC can
2: do whatever they want. Pretty much, but here's the thing. That works... Uh, unions, like I know, that some guy tweeted at uh, old Luke Thomas there, but he was right in that a lot of these people probably would right. shots. Unions, just they they make things weird, right? And I'm not saying they're always bad, right? But but I'm just saying like they, they I, I, away like the hierarchy like... of this. I don't know the UF Like, look, the problem with the UFC is not union lack of union. It's this that they got bought out by by those corporate fat cats. They were so much better off than they were owned by the you know the billionaire. Fucking senile you know.
1: <laughs> But that's the. I just compare it to other pro sports where, you know, they're the athletes get like a fifty percent share of the revenues. It's like nowhere near that in the UFC, and you know they're putting more on the line than anybody else in any of these other sports.
2: And they also have less to offer.
1: That's true, but they're the company's still making bolt loads of money with
2: all these TV deals. Here's the thing, the company's making money and it has and we see it. It has nothing to do with Leslie Smith. Why yeah. should Leslie Smith get an extra dime? She's useless to this company. She's fine <laughs> doing what she's doing. She's living a fantasy. But could you could
1: Can you say that for the, the backup middle yes. linebacker for every yes. football team? But they're yes. getting their minimum's of
2: whatever, seven hundred grand a year. I, I think it's – look, I don't really care about any a- athlete getting in, in their unionization. But at least, at least with football, there's an argument that it does require the entire team to play the nature of the sport. Like the problem is, is that cage fighting is not a sport. Like, you don't need everybody on the card. You don't need the losers in order to have a cage fight. Nobody's going to tune in on Saturday to watch anybody but Conor. You could have just booked just Conor and Khabib and only those two. And, yeah, it would be kind of like a weird show, but you could do enough business still. Whereas in football, you literally cannot play if you don't have a certain number of people. So there is some incentive there for, like, the lower guys. before that, <laughs> Those lower guys have actually shown that they have a value. Leslie Smith is – has no value. She's useless. We yeah, know but she's don't useless. I think there's she got...
1: a, a, a certain quality level in the UFC that
2: people it's can see That's what she's getting paid know. for.
1: But I'm saying you can't have a bunch of CM Punk level fighters in the UFC. and it... They don't. I know. And it has nothing to
2: do with. And look, they don't, and they don't have a union. Independent of any union, they've, they've, the UFC has maintained. And in fact, I, would, I will tell you right now, the UFC maintains a higher quality because they don't have a union. Because people can be cut at will. Now, it's not fair to the fighters, so to speak, fair whatever. Maybe the fighters don't like it. But for the overall quality of the product, this helped absolutely by the UFC having the complete ability to do whatever the fuck they want with these guys. What's what what? When do shows get fucked? When fighters start making fights and they don't want to take fights and they refuse to do this and that. I'm not saying it's great for the fighters. But I also don't care because you're living a fucking fantasy, assholes. Get a real job. I have a real job and it sucks. I don't get to... Do my hobby for fun. People pay money to train to fight. Think about that. People go out of their way to take their only free time and their only free money. And they spend it to do what these people get paid to do. I don't give a shit, Leslie Smith. Fuck you. Get a real job. Wait tables. Bus boys need a union. Cage fighters don't need a union.
1: Interesting take.
2: Yeah. She's against Mexicans is what it is.
1: You know which fighters probably shouldn't get paid a lot?
2: A lot of them?
1: Everyone who fought at UFC 228. Yeah, well. That show's being reported as doing 130,000 buys on pay-per-view. That was the show headlined by Tyron Woodley defending the welterweight title against Darren Till.
2: And if Leslie Smith had her way, she would have made $250,000 to fight on that show.
1: Yeah, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah, but I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> yeah, nobody um, watched that show, did they?
1: That's less than UFC 225, Whitaker versus Romero, which did 150. I mean, how is Tyron Woodley that bad of a draw? Racism. John Jones and Daniel Cormier seem to do pretty good. Rashad
2: and... Rashad Evans and Rampage. Look, a black guy didn't do well. It's always racism. Anderson right? Silva did okay. Tyra Woodley told me it was racism. What am I going to do? Disagree with him? He's a black guy. He said it was racism. I can't live his truth. It must be the case. Well, he didn't have Colby Covington. He didn't have CM Punk on the end the curve. That's probably. That's Honestly, that's probably the difference, is CM Punk. Oh, was CM Punk on the...
1: Yeah, He's he, he was on the... Whitt- okay.
2: That was Chicago, I yeah. I
1: Remember? Okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe Punk got those other awesome. thirty thousand buys.
2: Look at the drawing power of CM Punk. <laughs> Enjoy Is your thirty thousand even... buys, asshole. You could have been on All In.
1: Or wait, was All In on people? Or you could look at it this way: CM Punk's a bigger draw than Tyron Woodley.
2: No, we already knew that. <laughs> That's pretty bad.
1: Ah.
2: Uh... Dude, yeah. fucking, the Bob Ross is a bigger draw than Tyron Woodley, and he's Dude, dead. like, I
1: feel like that's worse than like the Mighty Mouse fights. I feel like he was closer to
2: two hundred thousand, maybe. But also, some of that, um, the landscape has changed, and it's it's changed in the past like year real quick. Things are gone south, and Mighty Mouse has only fought like once in that time, and he hasn't been on top either. Like, they don't even let Mighty Mouse headline show, so we don't even know what he's u- worth anymore. I mean, he broke the all-time record for consecutive title defenses in the UFC as a semi-main event to a bullshit interim title that they doesn't even exist anymore.
1: Yeah, it's not too good, is it? Huh. This MMA uh, buys website doesn't have anything since 2017. This isn't going to help. Oh, oh, UFC 215, Nunes versus Shevchenko 2 hundred thousand
2: buys they were just rounding up
1: <laughs> from fifty one thousand <000.
2: laughs> probably they did not want to hurt their feelings.
1: Uh, my daughter's working on rounding numbers. It's challenging uh michael mcdonald why do we
2: why do we round numbers anyways? What's the point of that? I'm not sure like <laughs> is it is it just one of those things like you have to learn what this concept is just to exist in life? apparently. Somebody yeah. had to sit there and go, you know, these kids don't know what it means to round number. Shit, we better teach them that. Like, that's in a planner. Do you Something think they had to, educate... to do with
1: maybe, like, uh, change, like, dollars, dollars and coins and stuff? Uh, just round up to two bills or whatever, you know?
2: I really hope that our school system is not making a curriculum based on uh, teaching children how to make change. Because that says a lot about the, the economy of the future.
1: Oh well, yeah, everyone uses debit cards now. What a waste of time. Yeah. Uh, May Day is calling it a day. Michael McDonald has announced his retirement. He's going to go back to kindling work or whatever? Yeah, very good. He is uh, only 27 years old and has retired. He was, I think he fought. Did he fight for the
2: title? Yep, against Henneparau. Lost in the fourth round.
1: Yes, that's that's very true. He was a a guy who came into the UFC really young, looked really good. One of those guys who were like, holy shit, not Aaron Pico level, but sort of thing, but really young and and was great. And then he started having a lot of uh, hand injuries. He kept breaking his hand. And uh, that's basically the reason he's retiring. Every time he throws a punch, he breaks his hand now.
2: And he's also kind of like a hippie. He's a weirdo type. Like, I don't know if he's like a Christian. but He's he, like, super Christian. Okay, yeah. maybe that's it. Like, I knew he grew up in like a commune or some shit like that. And, like, in the hills of California. I know California had hills, but I guess they do. Uh, they had mountains. But yeah, no, like, the first time I saw him fight was the undercard of a show in Seattle. Uh, I think it was Seattle. Uh, Pacific Northwest. Little Nog, I think, was a headliner. And like, from the moment he fought, it was just like, oh, you can just tell he was a different level guy. Like, Aaron Pico is a very good comparison, just he had none of the hype. And, again, I'm, I'm hoping that he stays retired. I don't think he will because no one ever does, even Jesus Freaks, but I really hope that he stays retired.
1: In tw- I'll remember Michael McDonald for this reason. In 2013, he announced on Fox
2: Sports 1 that he hadn't had sex in four years. So, we now know that Brett Kavanaugh is a Michael McDonald fan. Vice versa, too, probably. Yeah, they're, they're getting pointers from each other. Someone who has had sex in the last four years. Is that's Elbert. really weird, the idea that you would say you haven't had sex in four years, as opposed to, like, I have never had sex. Who takes a four-year break from sex?
1: Uh, Michael McDonald, I guess.
2: Oh, maybe he found Jesus in that time. I bet that's what it was. Someone Jesus who always gets in the way
1: has had sex in the last four years and hasn't found Jesus as Alberto Del Rio. He announced on the <sighs> MMA hour this week. I've watched him have sex. At forty one years of age that he would be competing for Combate Americas in twenty nineteen. Um he didn't have a fight in mind yet. But uh, apparently he's going to get back into MMA. He hasn't fought in eight years. Uh, He had a 9-5 and record. Probably his most famous fight was getting head kicked by Crow Cop in
2: Pride with a mask on. Who was that, Max? Yeah, I mean, barely a mask, more like a jockstrap. And uh, who knew that years later he would end up uh, banging Page, who Actually, at that time, who knew Paige, who Page was? She's probably like an underage girl, so it would have been weird if we knew that he was going to bang her one day. Although, not totally unsurprising if I'm going to be honest here. Uh, it's pro wrestling, and if I'm being a little racist, Mexico. Uh, good for him for getting back in the game. Uh, he should fight CM Punk. He should fight CM Punk. That makes a lot of sense for everybody but Punk. <laughs>
1: Apparently, this fight's going to air on pay-per-view in the states and take place at Arena Mexico in Mexico City. He wants, oh my a, gosh, he wants what a, a big-name opponent. Though neither of them said who that might be. He was there with Campbell
2: McLaren. So he's going to gas real bad, also. Although I don't know. A <laughs> good point. I didn't even think of that. I'm trying to figure out if he would or not. Like, I mean, I guess I was going to say he's Mexican, so maybe be more acclimated to it. But I don't think he lives there, but. I guess some of those Mexican fighters could... Maybe that's why Mexican fighters are so good. They're all trained at altitude. I correct the
1: code. Sea level Alberto Del Rio.
2: Alberto Del Sea level. Eh, fuck it. Uh, will you buy that show on pay-per-view, you think? Of course not.
1: <laughs> UFC 229 Wait, this hold on weekend.
2: A second. Hold on a second. Yes. I'm going to finish recording, and we're going to start a new segment. Cause we only get the two hours or whatever to record and we don't want to miss out on stuff. You know what I mean?
1: Okay. Okay.
2: That's fine. Well, I don't really care. I just. Well, we we
1: have two hours. We're only at 64 minutes right now. Oh Yeah,
2: that's true. I I think we'll be okay. Yeah, I guess that's true. I'm overestimating how much there is to talk about UFC 229, but there isn't that much.
1: Yeah. I mean, we got time. Um, I was trying to move it along. Good. Uh, one fight should, we should mention, um, Everyone's been eagerly anticipating this one. Kamaru Usman versus Rafael Dos Anjos on November 30th. That'll be the tough 28 finale. Two, you know, top 10 welterweights there.
2: Hey, when I saw that, uh, the, the press release for that, my first thought was, that's a really good fight. Like, yeah. I really, like, that's the kind of fight I like seeing. It's two guys who are very good, who aren't really, like like, in the top, like the elite elite but they're right there and it headlines a a show of nobodies but it's exact kind of fight that should headline a free show and maybe that'll be like their last big fight for fox sports one
1: and which guy do you think will pull out of the fight
2: oh uh dos años he's got
1: more blues he's my pick too yeah Uh, This weekend, there is UFC 229, I'm sure you've heard, Uh, Saturday night, October 6th from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. In the main event, we have Khabib Nurmagomedov defending the undisputed lightweight championship of the world against Conor McGregor. Never has an
2: undisputed title been more viably disputed.
1: Yeah, I agree. When you beat Al uh, Iaquinta on a couple hours' notice, I'm not sure that counts as winning the title. I mean,
2: two other guys one titles over against, over against top-level top fighters. He beat Al Iaquinta, barely. On uh, no notice. Yeah. Real, um, real champion there. Obviously,
1: everybody listening to this knows the backstory. Um, Khabib had words
2: for Artem Lobov. If you're Khabib, and- how do you even consider yourself the champion? Like, from an athletic standpoint, you you obviously didn't earn it by beating Al Quinta. Even if you fight Connor, it's been two years since he fought MMA. Nobody really thinks of him as, like, the best, the best. It's Tony Ferguson or Bust, buddy. Get in there right. with El Kukui. Tony
1: Ferguson's coming back after four months of a torn ACL.
0: That's a hell of a... And up.
2: other stuff. He tore, like,
1: everything in his knee. Like, his MCL, like, that was a really bad injury. And then you see him, like, a couple days later after surgery, like... Standing on a one of those yoga exercise balls, beating it with a sledgehammer, like his legs are like shaken and all mangled up. Guy's a maniac. Um, anyway, so this is Connor's first fight back after two years. Obviously, he had the dolly throwing incident. Uh, Connor's um, done some had some weird behavior over the last couple of years, or supposedly something with the Irish mob and a bar fight, and then he jumped the cage at Bellator. He threw the dolly at the bus and, you know, injured Kiesa and Ray Borg. And uh, Rose Dama Yunus will never be the same.
2: So, That poor woman.
1: You got to wonder, has Connor kind of jumped the shark and is partying too much and is just too out of control to be the fighter he was a couple years ago? The guy who's, you know, 8-1 in the UFC with seven knockouts and nine fight night bonuses and everything else is... Really, really incredible elite fighter who just destroys Eddie Alvarez, knocks out Yo- Jose Aldo in 13 seconds. Is that guy still in there, or is he sitting on $200 million in the bank and is just mentally kind of fried and dumb with all this
2: shit because he's got so much money? I think he's still in there. I think okay. Connor's, I think he's, first of all, he's only had the, the, the big, big, big money. He hasn't had that long. Right. You know, and, and realistically, it probably hasn't arrived yet. So, if he really want, you know, he's been training probably for this since that time. So, like, I mean, physically, he looks fine. Uh, he looks big as hell in some of the, like, him walk around. He's a big dude. Um, but he's also always been this way. Like, none of this is new behavior for Connor. This isn't John Jones, where you're like, ha, 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 somebody's losing in control. Like, I've just been watching Connor and uh, Chad Mendez, and that was three years ago. And, I just kind of noticed it very subtly this time around. But as, as they're looking at each other in the center of their cage before the fight and Conor's just talking trash, as they back away, Chad had that slight look in his eyes like, what the fuck is – what is this? <laughs> like there's almost this intimidation like I don't know how to react to, to what he's doing to me. Like, and you see it sometimes in people and it's just like, uh-huh. And Conor really does that to people and it shouldn't work. It should be obvious what he's doing, but ooh, Khabib already got caught up in it. Khabib's trying to go low and talk shit about Connor's grandfather or some shit like that and whatever. He's, Connor's in his head and and nobody's in Connor's head. I mean, the guy's living the dream and he's working on pure confidence right now. Uh, we'll see if pure confidence beats, you know, talent, but. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's interesting because the way you were talking about, um, connor and pet um and mendez it's kind of similar to what khabib does in all his fights when he takes a guy down and starts talking to him and when he's beating the shit out of michael johnson so readily and talking to dana white that he wants his title shot and he's coming for the belt it's a similar thing but a totally different style of fighter that's that's what makes this fight super interesting obviously it's the classic grappler versus striker Connor's known for not having a great ground game and getting choked out by Diaz and taken down over and over by Mendez. Um, And granted he found a way out of the Mendez fight, but Khabib's a bigger dude and a better wrestler and way better on the ground than Mendez is. Um, Has Connor's takedown defense improved over the last two years? I don't know if it's improved that much because nobody else seems to be able to stop him. The one thing I have noted with Khabib over the years is when the fight goes long, he starts having trouble getting those takedowns though. It's like if Conor can survive the first couple of rounds, he might be able to pull it out. Or if he gets an early knockout, obviously, um, but he might take a beating those first two rounds and this fight could easily get stopped if he does. But it, in the later rounds, I know it's like against Quinta, Khabib could not get any takedowns anymore like after the third round, he, he really struggled. Um, and I don't know if it was because he was tired, he's not used to going five rounds um, or what, but there's a lot of intrigue to this fight. And it's like, it could go- easily go either way, I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, Khabib could just run right through him and just do what he does. Uh, I'm I'm a firm believer that he is, pound for pound, the greatest grappler I've ever seen on earth, Ever in anything because he can take down people with the best of them. His game on, on the ground, keeping people down is second to none. His ground and pound, the damage it does is maybe the best I've ever seen And his submission ability. Even off his back, he's shown really good submission skills at times. The guy is just, he's a perfect grappler almost. And uh, Connor isn't, but I don't know. Connor's Connor. He's done this stuff before. Uh, and the one thing I will say for him is compared to like Edson Barbosa, I remember Bar- Bar- Barbosa is a guy I'll never forget the look in his eyes Right when Khabib was just like ragdolling me. And it was like two minutes into the first round and he's just like, what the fuck's happening? Connor's not the kind of guy that will ever have that look. He's just too stubborn. He's not going to get mentally broken. Like he might get tired, but he's not going to be like, oh, I can't believe this guy. He's at a different level than me. Because... I don't think Connor has any expectations like, oh, I can't believe you took me down. His attitude's right. going to be, whatever you doing. You're a big musclehead bitch, and I beat guys like you my whole life. And that's what he <laughs> keeps saying. And damn it, if he hasn't done that, I mean, the only guy, the only guy really, in, you know, in the past 10 years or whatever since Joe Duffy has given him trouble with Nate. And Nate's a freak. He's a weird dude. Right. That's a hell of a run. And we've seen like some of Conor's victories are way more precious than we realize that. You know, when you beat Max Holloway with one leg, Maybe he really is that great. Like, that's my theory with Connor is that people like him do exist in every sport. They've always happened. We've always, there's been a Michael Jordan. There's been a Wayne Gretzky. There's been a Babe Ruth. Like, there really have been guys routinely who are that much better. And MMA hasn't had one in a while. Connor might just be that guy. Well, the difference with Connor too is
1: the the charisma and the ability to get people to want to see him fight. I mean, you had Demetrius Johnson, who was an incredible fighter, nobody cared True. about because he was smaller, and boring. There's been really I about good. Him. Yeah, I mean, there's been unbelievable fighters who just haven't been a draw. He's got that,
2: but to also tra- to go larger than life.
1: Yeah, he's and, got and that it,
2: weird combination of both, and, and that's where I would say, like, again, we've seen like. Dominate athletes, but to transcend things like a Babe Ruth or a Muhammad Ali or a Michael Jordan, where guys just become synonymous with everything, which is not how the word synonymous works at all. But let's just gloss over that a little bit. I guess the point is that Conor McGregor is—he's uh, a big deal. <laughs> yes.
1: Do you think this show Dana White has claimed the show is trending at three million buys on pay per view? Do you have a buy rate prediction for this show? Mind you, mind you, there is another presser with audience
2: participation tomorrow. Wait, is there really? Yes. Oh fuck. Uh... (laughs) Oh, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna feel very confident in saying under three million, and I still will say under three million
1: because
2: UFC hasn't cracked two million, right? But honestly, there's no reason this couldn't do three million. I mean, Connor's coming off huge stuff. He is a gigantic star, and the world has changed so fast, and the way that we hype things. Like, I'm just kind of, like, looking at this stuff on YouTube now, and these are just, you know, three fights that they're showing, and Connor's fight got five, six million. The Connor for Eddie Alvarez, 11 million views, and real realize, like, oh, wait, this is, like, the Monday Night Raw. Like, this is all that many millions of people all getting hyped up for something. So perhaps it really will be that big. And you know what? There's nothing going on. Like there's nothing happening in the world of sports at all. No sports – I mean baseball, but no one cares about baseball really. And, uh, you know, people people want want a relief from politics. This is the perfect thing. Yeah, I'm going to say 2.8 million. Wow. Just because I wanted to say 3 million, but I was like I already said it won't be that many. So I'm going to say 2.8 just because I'm betting big on Connor.
1: That, that would be pretty ridiculous. So you're saying, like, not 100%, but 75% bigger than any show they've ever done. Because you'd be going from 1.65, I think, it was Nate Connor too.
2: Yeah, I think Connor is that much bigger of a star.
1: Well, it's like, it's like the perfect fight because it's
2: legit. I can't believe he's doing this. I can't believe Connor is doing this. <laughs> is he fucking crazy? This is insane.
1: Well, here's the thing: he could have fought Nate again. He could have fought Ferguson. He could have picked the guy he fought, and he fucking picked Khabib. Yeah. Like, what is... does that say about like like a legit killer, twenty six and zero, destroys everybody, like the scariest guy in the division? I was like, yeah, I'll fight him. When this is BJ he, Penn he going fight up anybody.
2: to. This is BJ Penn moving up to fight Matt Hughes, except for BJ Penn didn't have like a hundred million dollars on the line. <laughs> it's crazy. It's not, Connor's, he's a, he's a man. That's why I'm just, I'm only betting on, I mean, Khabib could be also, cause he could be like the zeitgeist come to life is like the ultimate Uber mensch comes from the Muslim man. Like he could represent the rise of Islam. <laughs> so that could be a thing, but I'm going to, he's a scary dude, but Connor is, I'm going to yeah, got to go with whitey. The other actually, thing Khabib is actually white as fuck. He's from the Caucasus region. That's where white people come from. So he's the, white too.
1: The other thing to consider with this one too, the biggest fight ever is a guy from Dagestan who can kind of speak English versus an Irish guy at 155
2: pounds. Yeah, man. I mean, what can that's I say? Fu- that's fucking crazy. People go really crazy for St. Patrick's Day. I think people, I think that America is, we actually, we might underestimate the power of the Irish in this country. People really like Irish shit. Mm, they do.
1: Um, this fight's awesome. It's awesome. It's uh, two of the best guys in the world fighting. It's hard to predict what's going to happen because the styles are so different. And there's a feud. There's a grudge. There's the bus thing.
2: Connor um, made a feud. This is, it's, it's a bullshit feud that Connor we all watched Connor start and stoke this fire. And we all just went, ah, look at that. Connor threw shit at him. I guess that's how he's going to get under his skin. Sure enough.
1: And I mean, at one point, I predict these things. Uh, Connor even said, he's like, oh, they asked him, I think when he was featherweight champ still, oh, who do you think will win the the lightweight title? He's like, oh, I, I, I would say Khabib. And then Khabib wins it and he's going to fight Khabib for the title. It's just, it's perfect. It's, it's literally the perfect fight at the perfect time and it'll likely set records. Do you have a pick? Who's going to win the fight?
2: Um, uh, the head says Khabib and the heart says Connor. It's not even like the heart says Connor so much as, well, I guess you'd call it the heart, the, my gut for Connor, but logic says Khabib just murders him. I think – and I think the of I think I, – okay, I can picture it now. I can picture that really disappointed but still kind of excited because they saw something crazy crowd reaction when Connors just getting the shit pounded out of him in the second round. It's going to be the second or third round when, when all of a sudden the crowd's like you, – you're going to feel that shift in the crowd's It's just going to be like, oh, fuck, this is going to happen. They're going to start sensing it coming. They're going to be like, oh, shit. Conor's not coming back from this, is he? And it's just going to kind of be a sad thing. And then Connor's going to get up in the room and be like, "Hey, it's okay, buddy. Like nobody really thinks you're that good. It's fine."
1: He'll. Here's the thing: even if that does happen, Khabib's done that literally to every other guy he's fought. Yeah, like it wouldn't be. There's no like, shame. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any shame. And I think he can come back and fight Nate again if he wants. And oh, for two sure. And yeah. do buys. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, if he gets his ass kicked real bad and, like, he gets stopped in the first round or something, it'd be bad. But I, I'm, I'm pulling for a Conor win here. I would love to see him win and keep this thing going and keep the buys coming in and have people interested in MMA. I always pull for, like, you know, Brock and Conor and Ronda in these fights because it's like – it's good, for, it's good for the sport. It's good for everybody if more eyeballs are watching MMA. So I, I'd like to see Conor win, but like you, I, I kind of think Khabib's going to take him down and beat the shit out of him. But he's got that left-hand man. He did it to Aldo. Maybe he can clip Khabib. Maybe Khabib's going to be all fired up and want to try and stand with him for a couple seconds and, and get nailed early because it's like he's gotten clipped. Khabib's gotten yeah. hit and knocked down. Michael McDonald,
2: Michael McDonald clipped him pretty good. Uh, early on. Uh, st- st- Michael st- Johnson. St- Sorry, Michael Johnson. Michael McDonald yeah. probably could have done it also. And by which I mean <laughs> the black K-1 striker. Oh, there's a deep cut.
1: Oh, I thought you meant the singer.
2: I don't know any of his songs, otherwise I would sing one right now. Uh, the only thing I will feel very confident in saying is that Conor McGregor will not win this fight by submission. I think that's the one outcome that will not happen. I don't like think... The- Khabib's going to win it by knockout either. No, but I could see that that's more likely to happen than Conor by submission,
0: mm-hmm. by far.
2: Anything totally. else, like, and, and honestly, that's kind of the way I look at it. It's like, okay, Connor's not going to win by submission. That way to win is gone for him now. He's only got two. Khabib's still got three. And what's more likely, a Conor knockout or Khabib? I don't know. Khabib can ground you and pound you. And uh, we've already just went over all this. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I want to see Ali's reaction when Khabib gets knocked out. That'll be good.
2: Fuck, man. You got to decant. Jeez. It's too bad that they weren't doing this fight about uh, three weeks earlier in MSG. Three weeks later. No, earlier.
1: <sighs> too bad MSG's not three weeks earlier. Yeah. No, no, no. I get
2: too... it. I wanted these two to fight in MSG in 911. is the point. <laughs> okay.
1: Bummer. Uh, in the semi-main event Tony Ferguson versus Anthony Pettis Ferguson uh, used to be champ Got stripped because he hurt his leg And now is in the semi-main event And likely even if he wins this fight Soundly probably will not get the
2: next title shot If I'm him I'm carrying that fucking title With me down to the ring
1: Ooh that would be
2: good Like even if they tell me not to I'm like whatever dude I would just give it to my buddy And be like alright walk around the other side of the barrier I'll come like I can give you a high five And I'll grab the belt and then I'll have it with me. I would find some way to get that thing. Cause, I wonder, uh,
1: sometimes they wear those little, like, um, windbreaker jacket, like, hoodie things. Mm-hmm. Maybe he could have the belt around his waist underneath the jacket.
2: And then, like, he doesn't, nobody knows. And they, they only find it when they, like, check him at the, uh, the Harley like, Davidson checkpoint. <laughs> <laughs> and then they Maybe. go, hey, you're not allowed to bring this in. He goes, but I'm the champion.
1: Or you know what I would do if I were him? I would have the coat on and walk out and when you step into the arena, you unzip the coat and like show the belt. Hey. That's he's got a,
2: he's he's got a little style. He could do it. This will be the most stylist stylish fight of the night.
1: It's interesting because Anthony Pettis from another generation, it feels like now, is a former lightweight champ. Like the, yeah. this is a kind of a good fight, even though Pettis has kind of hit the skids. He is coming off that win against Chiesa. And he is fighting Ferguson after uh, ACL surgery four months ago. Um, I mean, obviously Ferguson's a favorite in this fight. Do you uh, have any strong opinions either way?
2: Um, Ferguson should run through him. I mean, Pettis is he's, – he's too small and uh, something's wrong with him. You know, whatever yeah. happened to him happened to him. Uh, <laughs> the only thing uh, – the big wild card, of course, would just be Ferguson's knee. I have no idea. You don't know how he, what's going on there, but presuming he's fully healthy, um, he should go out there and uh, probably get the win by uh, submission. Although this could be a really good fight because they're both guys who are super good at everything except for wrestling, and they're very aggressive with everything they do. So uh, this might be a really good fight. Not bad it- for uh, the the semi- Hey, they got. Two fights and four champions between those two fights and Yeah,
1: not bad. Um, The Pettis story doesn't feel like
2: four champions, does it? (laughs) No, No. doesn't even really feel like one champion. (laughs) It's weird because I I, I take that back. It does feel like between Ferguson, Khabib, and Connor that they have the triple crown. (gasps) They gotta quit the fucking triple crown. (gasps) He's back. Joseph is back. Pettis
1: only thirty one. He's um, only thirty one. He's only oh thirty one, and it's just weird to think. Like right before Connor took off, he was going to kind of be their golden boy. He was on the Wheaties box. They were promoting him. He had the, like a, a, he went on a tear. He beat Jeremy Stevens, Joe Lozan, Cerrone, Ben Henderson, and Gilbert Melendez. Then he ran into RDA, and it was like he was never the same after that fight. RDA beat the shit out of him for twenty five minutes, and then he never he never really got it back.
2: No, because, uh, you know, and then he, get, he just kind of got jobbed. Not, like, it didn't get screwed, but just, you know, he had that loss to Eddie Alvarez, which was just super close. Like, you know, a bunch of stuff. Where it just seemed like he was always just off a little bit. Yeah. And then occasionally, but the problem is, is, instead of, like, having these, the big performances like he had before, when he was having an off night, he was just losing. Right. And, and, and then, you know, he just had a win. And poor Chiesa, I mean. I don't know how don't, he do not killed himself after this.
1: It's just, if he had had a couple more wins sprinkled in there, like if he beat Edson Barbosa or if he beat Eddie Alvarez, he would have been in this mix with Conor and could and even these guys. But it's just, it, it's funny what how a couple losses can totally, totally change things. because not just said, a couple losses. I know, here. but just, if a couple of those went the other way is what I'm saying. His yeah. career would be in a totally different place. And especially
2: if, Yeah, and for a guy that... It's weird, though, because I think he's kind of at the right place as far as wh- wh- we, what we consider him. Because while some of those losses were close, he also had some really bad losses. And I don't think he deserves to be any higher in our estimation than he is right now. The right. fact is, is he's just not that good. And right. he's, he's, he's at the point now where he's a name at best. And he's a, he's a sad case at 31 years old. He's a 31-year-old man who's past his prime, and he lives in Milwaukee. I mean, really, this, isn't, this story doesn't end well.
1: We also have Ovin St. versus Dominic Reyes.
2: Yeah, this sh- let's see if uh, Reyes is for real. This is his big this is his big chance. He's the guy who came into UFC, they immediately talked him up. He's like a former football player shit like that, but a uh, pretty good athlete. You don't see too many of those at that size. Ovin St. Prue sucks. So, uh Reyes should get the win here if he's for real. Uh but watch him get choked out.
1: Golly, Reyes- he gets
2: choked out. <laughs>
1: the Von Prue choke, right?
2: Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, wow. What if Von Prue fought uh, What's-His-Face from Heavyweight? That would something be the... weird. There'd be somebody weird. They'd probably be like a, a, a heel hook or something. But...
1: Reyes's nickname is
2: Devastator because
1: of his devastating leg kicks.
2: I think it was Dominator or something at one point, but the Dominic Cruz had that nickname, so he had to get a different nickname.
1: Yeah, he's uh, 3-0 in the UFC. Uh, Biggest win is Jared Cannonier
2: on his record. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not downplay a win over Jared Cannonier now.
1: Uh, In a fight that should be way higher up the card, we have Derek Lewis versus Alexander Volkov.
2: I think it should be way higher up the card. One? No, Uh,
1: I I think it should be right under Khabib and Conor, personally.
2: So it should be up one spot.
1: No, it should be ahead of OSP. Oh and shit, Ferguson. that's right.
2: Oh yeah, I, I literally just forgot about the OSP fight. That's not a good sign. <laughs> uh uh-huh. Yeah. No. This. Uh. Wait. Volkov you... very tall. Oh, this Volkov. Is a weird yeah. Fight
1: for for Derek Lewis. I don't yeah. really like this fight for Lewis at all. To be honest, I see Volkov kind of picking him off from distance, and it being kind of
2: yeah.
1: uh, a rough a rough go of it. Lewis Volkov's is have one to of those get... guys. He's, he's actually what um, Stefan Struve
2: should be. Yeah, and he's also, like, kind of, like, super underrated because he's got, like, wins that aren't, like, they're not impressive, but they're big names, but they all happen, like, in Europe and shit. Like, then he beat, like, uh, somebody in Amsterdam or some shit, like, Alaski <laughs> or something like that. Like, this weird <laughs> shit, like, you're, like, he literally just, is like, the, the, their uh, heavyweight circuit. Like their European circuit champion, right? But, uh, you know,
1: he's on a six fight win streak. He has won in Moscow, Moscow, Belfast, Kansas City, Missouri, Rotterdam, Netherlands, and oh.
2: London, England. Oh, holy fuck, am I good! Who calls an Amsterdam – I mean, Amsterdam and Rotterdam are not the same city I know. Uh, personally, I'm a fan of Rotterdam. I like it better than Amsterdam. But that's just my very cultured ways. And then Kansas City. Yeah. This is a – press and now he's in the undercard of the biggest fight of all time in Vegas. What a weird world he's got. Oh, Volkov's definitely going to win, though. Some Putin shit going on. <laughs> Could be. Although Derek uh, Lewis would never take a dive
1: no he's a true american hero
2: he is an american he's a legitimate american hero he rescues people for fun i was i was being genuine when i said that i know you were and i was backing you up a little i got a little excited
1: in the opener of the main card uh the karate hottie takes on felice herrig
2: yeah uh i guess we know why they're putting this fight on tv Shouldn't be much of a secret here. Uh, should be a good fight, though. I, I predict this will be a very entertaining bout.
1: Yeah, they they, they both have action fights. I, I got no problem with that. On Fox Sports One, we've got Sergio Pettis versus Juicier Formiga. Um, possible flyweight title implications there.
2: Yeah, uh, good fight. I would have I would have at one point said, "Well, for sure, this is a title eliminator." But now that uh, Mighty Mouse is lost, I keep forgetting that happened. Also. Why don't they just give him back the title? Nobody thinks he should have lost that title. Such horseshit. Went to ten in a row and he loses it because of one judge and one. Fuck that. Uh, yeah, um, little Pettis uh, has to keep. Standing. I want to see
1: him get knocked out like Anderson did. He's gonna lose the belt and then break his leg, or get
2: beaten. This I want to see a changing of the guard. I understand. But yeah, if, if it could get crippled, that would be great. Oh, man, that'd be wonderful. Go out on your shield, pussy. Yeah, break something. And it's got to be a graphic injury, too. Hey, honest to goodness, if he broke his leg like Anderson did, he'd be a bigger star than he is now. He'd probably make way more money that way. True. So, so what I'm saying there, Mighty Mouse, is uh, stop drinking milk. Also, it's not natural for humans to consume milk from a certain type of cow, the A1 cow, which mutated off the A2 cow about 1,000 years ago. I'm reading a book.
1: Also on Fox Sports 1, we have Vicente Luque versus Jalen Turner. Oh, hell yeah. Aspen Ladd versus Tanya Evinger. And Scott Holtzman versus Alan Patrick.
2: Okay. Is Aspen Ladd a lesbian?
1: Uh, Let me find out.
2: Also, I feel like her and Tanya Evinger is... Fighting each other is a scene that happens in lesbian bars in Des Moines, Iowa, all the time.
1: I don't have Aspen Lad sexuality, but she, looks, but
2: she looks like the type.
1: She's currently attending Folsom Lake
2: College. The fuck? How, am I Folsom? Like in like the prison?
1: No, no, that's Full Sun. I think
2: oh. that's uh, where's Folsom Lake College? I do, I, I uh, it's got to be like I'm going to say either New York or Minnesota.
1: California. Got... Folsom, California. Son of a bitch. It is part of the California Community Colleges system.
2: Oh, I'm glad that there's a system of those.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, I lost my place now. Okay. Hey, and sorry. on Fight Pass, we got Lena Landsberg versus Yana Kunitskaya. I believe they're both people who got beat up by Cyborg, if memory serves me. And then Gray Maynard versus Nick Lentz with two fighters. A good 10 years past their prime.
0: And Ryan Laflair
1: is still alive. He's going to fight Tony Martin in the opener on Fight Pass.
2: Nick Lentz, though, man. All right. All right. The Yeah, He's a big...
1: um, Maybe Alex Jones is going a little far, but I feel like he'd be into
2: Alex Jones. Oh, I'm pretty sure he's into Alex Jones. There's no way I would be willing to put money down this and Nick Lentz absolutely... Says the phrase deep state unironically a lot.
1: Uh, how many fights do you think Nick Led says in the UFC?
2: 18.
1: Uh, I don't think that's right. Hang on. I can't do the math.
2: 20. 20. 20.
1: He actually has 20 fights in the UFC. So, uh,
2: again, that's I, I pretty damn close. i am nailing shit lately. <laughs> Damn, if and only I, this, was, this was a skill that translated to making money or having a successful, fruitful, and happy life.
1: I know, it's a bummer. Can't have it all, though.
2: No, I can't.
1: Let's move on to stuff here. Uh, Kyrie Irving was in the news recently. It's probably just around here because he plays for the Boston Celtics. He's their point guard. Um, it's been over a year since he publicly stated that he believed that the earth is flat. Since then, Irving has been asked about his categorically and scientifically false belief on a regular basis. In September, Irving claimed that he was just trolling with his his flat Earth comments. But anyone who had heard Irving speak about it before was skeptical. He seemed to genuinely think the Earth was flat.
2: This is kind of mean.
1: The Celtics guard has now apologized for talking about flat Earth in the first place. Speaking at Forbes under 30 summit, Irving admitted that he was really into conspiracy theories at the time. While he didn't straight up say that he now accepts that the earth isn't flat, (laughs) he made a point to apologize to everyone affected by his flat earth (coughs) phase. What? He said, what you say, what you do, and how you mean it at the time. I was huge into conspiracies. Everybody's been there everybody's been there like, whoa, what's going on with our world? At the time, you're like innocent in it, but you realize the effect of the power of voice. Even if you believe in that, just don't come out and say that stuff. It's for <laughs> intimate conversations because perceptions while you're received changes. I'm actually totally,
2: totally believes in it. So. <laughs> I'm
1: actually a smart-ass individual. At the time, I just didn't realize the effect. I'm sorry about all that.
2: What is he talking about? What effect? Like, it sounds to me like, I went from thinking, this is kind of <laughs> mean. People are picking on him. Like, just leave the guy alone. So he's stupid enough, he pleases earth with flat. Like, what are you guys possibly asking him? The same question over and over and over. Do you still think it's flat? Yes. Do you still think it's flat? Yes. Do you still think it's flat? Yes. Why? I just do, okay? mean, now he's apologizing for the effect it had. Right. What the fuck does that mean? Like, little kids thought like, yes. the, the impressionable youth of America said, hey, Kyrie Irving said the earth is flat. I think the earth is flat. And then somebody goes, what are you, a fucking moron? No, I'm a Kyrie Irving fan. Like, how far can you go with this one? It's not like people are like started doing drugs because he was doing drugs. like, you know, I realize that the way I act, people want to imitate me. Okay, they imitated you and thought that the earth was flat. That seems like one of those things that – Gets knocked out of your system in about three seconds when somebody just relentlessly mocks you for being dumb as fuck.
1: I like that he won't even say the earth is round. He just is apologizing that he didn't keep <laughs> his thoughts on flat earth behind closed doors. <laughs>
2: he, he, he flat out, he even says, Look, sometimes you, should, should, you shouldn't say this shit in public, and that's the lesson we should all learn here. Like, I don't think that's the lesson we should learn here, buddy. I think the lesson we should learn here is that the earth is not flat. Now, I don't know what the Earth is. I don't know if it's a sphere or, like, an oblong or something kind of in between. I know it's kind of a little wobbly, but I know that it's – even if you think it's flat, the whole, like, weird picture they've got where it's almost like a dish bowl with, like, some sort of like, stalactite hanging down off of it or whatever. Like, do they really think that's just what the Earth is? we just, like, hanging in there and – we have satellites. Like, they've been on airplanes. We should not let people vote. We should got to stop letting people vote. Dictatorship's the way to go. I mean, you wouldn't have as many dumb, annoying commercials for fucking elections. A 69-year-old
1: Vietnam vet who lost a hand after it got stuck in a meat mixer while he was making sausage at his North Dakota home says he had to slice off his left arm above the wrist with a butcher knife or risk bleeding to death. In his first public comment since the August 17th accident, Myron Schlaffman said he credits two police officers with saving his life by quickly applying a tourniquet before ambulance crews took him to the hospital.
2: Wait, I'm sorry. I got distracted by, uh, by Facebook. You got to restart that there. A man.
1: It's, it's what were you re- looking at on Facebook.
2: The update said Zany's Comedy Club has two new events near you. I was like, why am I getting an update from Zaney's Comedy Club? It really was not worth me getting distracted over. I put the iPad away. Let's try this again. A
1: 69-year-old Vietnam vet who lost a hand after he got stuck in a meat mixer while he was making sausage, sausage at his North Dakota home says he had to slice off his left arm above the wrist with a butcher knife or risk bleeding to death. In his first public comment since the August 17th accident, Myron Schlafman said he credits two police officers with saving his life by quickly applying a tourniquet before the ambulance crews took him to the
2: hospital. Okay, yeah. I like that they say, in his first public comment since the accident, as if this man's ever had a public comment in his life. <laughs> his name's like Myron, and he cut his hand off, and he lives in North Dakota. He's never made a public... How do they have made any private statements? Uh, He heard Kyrie, you were going, Kyrie going, you you only talk about that stuff in private. He's like, wait, you talk to people in private? I don't even talk to people. I just butcher things.
1: Schlaffman said he was taking a chunk of meat out of the mixer in the garage of his Jamestown home when he accidentally stepped on a pedal to activate the machine. I just looked and knew I was in big trouble, said Schlaffman. The bone was severed, but his arm was still caught by muscle, nerve, and skin. <gasps> he grabbed the knife, which was mercifully within reach, and cut himself free. If I would have hesitated, I would have stood right there and bled to death, he said. Schlaffman spent nine days in the hospital and underwent three surgeries. He will be fitted with a prosthetic in a few months after the stump on his left arm, left arm is fully healed.
2: Imagine how sure you have to be of your decision-making that you just grab the hatchet and cut your arm off without even thinking. You just, you just know, yep, this is what you do in this situation. He didn't panic. He didn't go, oh, my gosh, look at my hand. My arm is in this fucking meat grinder. He just said, up, oh, I better cut it off, otherwise I'm going to die here. Like, what? Well, also, um, uh, how is it a safety thing? Shouldn't there be shouldn't there be something on meat grinders that prevents your hand from getting chopped off in them? Like I feel like that's like one of the things that would be most likely to happen with a meat grinder. Is your yeah. hand get cut off? How is there not like some sort of like I don't know, net or something that prevents you from getting in
1: there? He said there was a pedal that is what starts it. So you would probably like put a the sewing meat machine? In. Yeah. And he apparently stepped on the pedal with his hand in the thing by accident.
2: So, it's like a really, 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 really bad version of uh, like if you ever put like a like when they tell you don't put a fork in the in the toaster. Yeah, which I do or, all the time.
1: Or, or like the hairdryer hair dryer in the bathtub.
2: Well, I thought that. The, well, the hair dryer in the wait, wait. Do people do that for reasons that aren't suicide? I'm not sure. Because like I like I've I've used a fork to get the toast out of a toaster and stuff before. I'd unplug it first, but it makes it's a way to get stuff out of there. But I don't know why I ever have a hairdryer. For who has a hairdryer? What am I, a woman?
1: A Kentucky elementary school teacher arrested earlier this year for allegedly snorting drugs in class landed back in the slammer again. Uh oh. Cherish Rednor, forty two, was taken into custody Sunday in Carter. After she skipped out on a court appearance she. for wanton child endangerment. The former Menifee elementary school teacher who was accused of doing drugs in front of students was scheduled to be in court on Thursday for a pretrial hearing. Uh, Rednor was initially arrested in February after two students reported witnessing her crush a pill with a credit card in a classroom.
0: I mean, it depends
2: on... I mean, snorting, it's a real tough one to justify. Like, there's not too many drugs that, like, I could see if you had a pill, and you're like, I have to crush them, because I'm not going to take a pill, so I sprinkled them into my food, and I put a lot of ketchup on it to get it down. Like, all oh, my parents used to trick me into eating pills as a kid. I get that okay. that might happen.
1: What kind but... of pills was it? Like, lithium and stuff, probably?
2: Har, har. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what... it was only one time, like, I had these, oh, it was uh, ear infection. Yeah, to...
1: you, you still have ear issues. Have you had your ears clean lately? What? <laughs> that was good. That was good. Uh, the young children then allegedly saw her make a line with a substance, which she snorted before slumping over on her desk, according to officials. <laughs> Students also said it appeared that it was hard for her to stay awake.
2: I mean, she doesn't care. She's quit.
1: Officers in, investigating the case found a white residue on Rednor's desk and a tampon applicator in her bra that resembled a very small cut straw.
2: Wait, wait, hold on. She got arrested for snorting stuff in front of her kids. Mm-hmm. Got out, and then she's been arrested a second time for doing something else, right? Child endangerment. Child test. endangerment. The, the child endangerment was not the snorting, probably what is oxy off of the classroom desk, right? Correct. Okay, just making sure because it sounds like it could be. I would call a child endangerment, but I'm not a cop. Mm. Sounds like a good teacher. Depends on what she's teaching.
1: (laughs) Pharmacology. Uh, Man has been arrested for allegedly offering two hundred thousand dollars to buy an eight-year-old from a mother at Florida Walmart. Police arrested (laughs) Hillmith. Kolb on Saturday on charges of battery and false imprisonment of a victim under age 13. Kolb allegedly approached Tracy Nye and her 8-year-old daughter who were sitting on a bench inside Walmart. Nye didn't think the man was a threat at first, she said, but then he began making offers. The first amount was 100000 The second amount was 150000 Then the final offer was 200000 Nye said. I then said, no, we have to go.
2: So he just crapped out of 200 grand he's just like well look look lady i've got the 200 grand in cash but that's it like i can't go any higher like really if you're gonna be trying to buy a child in a walmart parking lot in florida why stop with your imaginary dollar amount why limit yourself Why i have to be like i don't have a 350,000, 400 change i got, well, a, and i got a i got a uh i got a Lamborghini for you too the part of the story
1: that caught my eye was that the mother listened to three offers well, yeah. and decided his highest offer wasn't enough and they had to leave. Like, like
2: meanwhile, your kid is sitting there going, I'm sorry, wait, hold on. Why are you fielding a second offer here? <laughs> like, mom, I'm right <laughs> quiet down here. We're talking.
0: One hundred
2: a hundred thousand is just that's that's insulting. I have a mind to call the better business bureau on you. I mean, really, $100,000. 150000 Have you seen this kid? She's not going to need braces. She's got great dental. 200000 that's my final offer. I can't. If you can't go higher, 200000 why are you even here? Stop wasting my time. Have you never bought a child in a Walmart parking lot before, sir?
1: Club also, we grabbed the arm and kissed wrist. Police, after leaving the store, using security camera footage and credit card payments, police identified Colb and are investigating whether he was involved in similar incidents.
2: Did he try to get a cash advance on his credit card by the kid? (laughs) Well, sir, we don't... What what evidence do you have that I was serious? Well, you did take out $200,000 of cash on your visa. Uh,
1: That's so weird. He's old. He's weird looking. He needs help. Um, He needs help. Yes. Maybe drugs were involved.
2: Maybe. Or it could just be Florida, which I think is a drug in and of itself at this point. A picnic
1: for a 60-year-old grandfather fizzled out pretty quickly when he and his grandsons were kicked out of the park in Virginia for drinking kombucha. The bubbly fermented tea originated centuries ago in China and typically contains a slight bit of alcohol. That's what got Sid Tatum in trouble while celebrating his birthday with his two grandsons. The Virginian Pilot newspaper reports the three were sipping home-brewed kombucha at the park when a ranger asked what they were drinking and then kicked them out upon discovering what it was.
2: Uh, you say this is Virginia? Chesapeake, Virginia. Okay, if your name is Sid and you live in Virginia, I'm thinking you're not drinking... Kombucha for cultural reasons. So, what are you doing?
1: City spokeswoman Elizabeth Vaughn says the rate coverage was given. Miles. Kombucha sold in supermarkets must fall below 0.5 percent alcohol, but home brewed drink had not been tested for alcohol content. My question is, like, if you saw some kids at a park. With, an, with their grandfather, an older guy. They're just, whatever, throwing a ball around. And they have, like, drinks in their hand. Would you, you ever consider, like, what they were drinking? Like, it must have been in a really weird container. Like, were, mean, they dr- were they swigging it out of a wine bottle? Like, what the hell? It's just, a, it's just
2: a It's just an oversized bottle with XXX written on the side. <laughs> like skull and crossbones. Yeah. Like, you, yeah, you got a good point there. It's like, <laughs> hey, what are you drinking there? Is that... Really, 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 really low alcohol content booze. Is it? Is that what you have there? Is that kombucha? Is, but it's not been tested. Test it. Also, if it's not been, t- I guess actually you probably know this. At what point does it, how does it become kombucha? I guess it's got to be like a rice. Oh, is this a rice thing? Uh, is this a tea? Fucking it's like rice fermented tea. Thing? Can you make tea out of rice yeah well it's tea leaves right i don't i have no idea do i really seem like a tea type let's be honest here I mean, I, I, I can, was...
1: you know what's weird i could actually see that happening i, like, I can see you no but i they, oh, you don't even know there's more than two kinds of rice so you probably don't know anything about tea either i'm not a tea um, person either. i know but... a little
2: bit about it due to my travels okay i'm a very culture i just i don't like hot beverages and at all. Right,
1: Kombucha is usually like it's it's like a I don't want to say hippie thing, but a lot of people drink it around here, but you get it at like the supermarket and it's like cold and it's in the, like any kind of like lipped and iced tea, that sort of right. shit in a, in a bottle. Like um, I didn't know I didn't know that had I didn't know it had alcohol in it. It doesn't usually. Oh. Um, I, I question this AP report, but the idea is that they add some yeast and bacteria so it ferments a little bit. Um, so probably some do but um, I don't know a ton about it but it's supposed to be good for like your gut like gut bacteria and that huh. Joe
2: Rogan shit it's supposed huh. to help you there I'm reading about the gut bacteria stuff I'm all into it man
1: I thought you were reading about uh,
2: something else I'm reading of a lot of stuff
1: wow good for you yeah. kombucha is not federally regulated
2: in the United States and therefore, you go to jail if you drink it in a park. Well, That's weird. what it is. Who, who makes it really- at
1: home? You basically have rotten iced tea sitting
2: around your house. Is it's
1: essentially Virginia. what Virginia. They
2: probably just mixed up alcohol in their basement. Is like on instinct.
1: <laughs> That's moonshine, I think. Something, that- there's more to that story, I think.
2: Well, we will follow it in the weeks, days to come, people. Probably not. Also, it would be days and weeks, not weeks and days, but... Eh.
1: And in our final story, we have a follow-up. Ooh, we do Uh, follow-up on
0: things.
1: (laughs) I I try to when when they catch my eye. Uh, The Wisconsin man who lost his hands, hands, feet, and parts of his arms and legs due to a rare blood infection transmitted by dog saliva was praised by his doctors Tuesday for his positive outlook and determination to walk again with prosthetics. Greg Mantufel, 48, was discharged two weeks ago. Uh, from a Wisconsin hospital in Milwaukee. Uh, Since late June, he has undergone at least 10 surgeries during which surgeons amputated parts of each of his limbs because circulation to his extremities shut down due to the infection.
2: I saw a video about this on YouTube. Okay. And uh, the first comment there was from Kyle Maynard. And it just said, first. I'm skeptical of this story. I mean, how many people lose all their arms and legs? and are, I guess everybody who loses their arms and legs like that becomes an inspiration, which is kind of insulting because it's basically you either die or you're an inspiration is basically what they're saying to people. They're saying to this guy, your mere existence in life seems so unpleasant to me that I'm going to say that you're an inspiration for enduring the misery of being you.
1: Mantufel, who worked as a house painter before his illness, started feeling sick on June 26th with a fever and pain in his legs. When he was eventually taken to the hospital, doctors found he had contracted a rare blood infection caused by Capnocytophaga bacteria that are commonly found in the saliva of cats and dogs that almost never lead to people getting sick. Mantufel has a dog, but doctors don't know if it was his pet or another dog that gave him the infection. Um Man, 2 reporters, I just couldn't believe it. I've been around dogs my whole life. It's hard to take, you know?
2: That's how you're going to die. Your dog's going to get you poisoned and she's gonna, all of your legs and arms are going to fall off.
1: That would require me to get close to the dog, which
2: is not a concern. No, 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 it does not. It just requires you to get close to saliva or something else that she transmits. And that dog shits and drools and stuff everywhere.
1: Uh, she just had nine teeth pulled.
2: See, she's going to be drooling like crazy. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get uh, the disease. You're going to get the, uh, there's hoof and mouth disease or whatever. This is uh, no arm, no leg disease. That sucks. Ugh. What a
1: horrible uh, joke. One difference between me and uh, Mr. Mantufel here. Uh, Mantufel's horrific ordeal hasn't changed his love of dogs. His wife, Dawn Mantufel, said one of the first things their dog did when her husband returned home was snuggle up with him to watch the Packers. I still like dogs, man, truthful said.
2: I mean, he couldn't really tell the dog no. He can not like, shoo him away. At this point, I the w- dog kind of... You would, but you have your arms. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. What's he going to do? Headbutt the dog? <laughs> <laughs> the, dog needs, the dog snuggles him. Yeah, he needs, right. He needs the dog to open up j- jars for him. Get his food. Yeah, exactly. He's some up there. water. He's like telling the dogs, "Hey, he's look looking the dog every day about four o'clock. Hey, buddy, hey, buddy, I'm ready to eat. Let's go do it." The dog's looking I'm like, "I'll get to it when I get to it." He's like, "No, no, no. I want to eat now." The dog's like, "Just, just calm down, all right? I'm gonna, I'll take care of it." Can, can you let me out, I gotta take a shit. Exactly. It's like, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, he needs help for the dog. Can you like, can you put me in the sled and drag me out there? Thanks. Uh, I mean, after all, all, you did do this to me. That's the least you could do. Anything else going on in
1: your Uh, world? That's it. Alrighty. Well, I think that does it for MMA and stuff this week. We've got the biggest show ever this weekend. I'm excited. It's going to be awesome. Hopefully everybody can get the show. I've got a bottle of Proper 12 whiskey coming. I've got a whole menu planned out for the evening, so... Uh, it should be a good weekend. We will be back next week uh, on halfguarded.com, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Check out Twitter, Instagram, and the website. Thanks for listening. Catch you later. Bye.
0: Get up, because It's all over. Listen, we had a rough couple of months fucking Katrina's cousin Maria, the other one, Puerto Rico, Houston, fucking Florida. Listen, it's been tough up to now. The earthquake in Mexico, you know, the White House, whoever the fuck is going on, but it don't matter. They want to shoot, it's time for us to fucking shoot, suck suckers. They want to get down and dirty. Don't forget who the fuck we are, you understand me? We're the baddest motherfuckers out there. You send a message to that fucking North Korean, he's gonna be sniffing my dick and sucking my asshole. That's the focus. We're gonna North Korea in like a year. It's gonna be an island, it's gonna glow in the dark. You know why? Cause we're Americans, got suckers. Who the fuck do you think you're dealing with? Stop with the gun control. They're selling more guns than ever the last three days. <laughs> Stop with the fucking whining. Stop with the Russians on Facebook I don't give a fuck Worry about yourself Keep your eyes open And get the fuck off Snapchat and fucking Twitter God sucker. Stay black